0: WV stands for the great state of West Virginia, and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself, Jr., are your hosts, so please come along for this venture to our uncommon place. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. My name is Jr. I'm the host of this show, along with Stacy uh, when she's able to be on the show, and um, wanted to sit back and do another quick little episode here. This one is a uh, podcasting for podcasters episode. And um, we'll go through the structure real quick. So you, you get out here, you start a podcast, you get 10, 15, 20 episodes deep into it. And it feels like it's something that you're going to keep doing. Well, it comes a point where you need to start making money with it. Or if it's a hobby, just to you know, if it's a hobby, don't listen to this episode. Please don't. So you need to start making money. So here are some tangible gems that I'm going to go over today. So 20 episodes in. I'm, I used to say 10, but I want to say 20 now because people can do 10 episodes. People record like Tupac, so they're done very fast. So 20 episodes in, you got to look at your analytics. And your analytics are the hardest thing that you've got to look at. And when you're looking over at these demographics, it's got to be more conscious than, oh, I've got 20 followers in Mexico, I've got 10 followers in Tanzania, I've got a thousand followers in Ireland. When you look at these analytics, you have to be sharp about this. You need to be looking at the age demographics, how long these people are actually listening to your episodes. Um it's so many factors in those analytics that you really should take some time, even if you don't care about downloads to look and see who's actually listening. The next major thing inside of analytics is you have to have a grounding place for your audience. And when I mean this, my audience can meet me over on the wire app or they can meet me over on discord or they can meet me through my mailing list. Direct communication comes through the wire app because it's, what I use, that's private. Not a lot of people use it. It's something that separates me from your average day Patreon person. Not knocking anybody on Patreon because people make good money over there, but that's a different speed for another day. So looking at analytics, you need to know about your Apple Podcast Connect, your Google Podcast Manager, your Pandora AMP, um, every analytic that you can get a hold of. Now, you have to be careful about this, and this is one thing that hurts some people in analytics and when they're promoting their show on different RSS feed um, apps. A good example is if you do one on, let's use GoodPod, for example. When you do yours on GoodPod, you need to go over there and claim your your show. A lot of these um, smaller companies, you need to be over there claiming your show so that they know that it's you, and you can go in there and just be like, hey, straight up, this is my show. Let me get those analytics, and we'll go from there. You get those analytics, and it lets you know how to promote on those and promoting is a two-way street. I promote heavily on sites that that I know now I can I can get traction on and stuff like that. And when I say sites, I meant the, the apps. So I know that I, I do certain numbers with iHeart that I n- don't do on other things. So I will promote iHeart periodically, but iHeart is not a major factor in what I do. Pandora gets zero support from me, but a logo once in a blue moon because I get no true listeners from Pandora. I don't have a way to attract them, so I don't worry with them. So next thing, after you look at those analytics, you go back and you look at your content. You look at quality issues. And when I say quality issues, I'm not talking about audio because everybody's so fixated on audio. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about the content that you present. An example, I know a podcaster that does four podcasts or more. Said podcaster has one show that is out of this world. It's a tag team show that this person does with someone else. This person puts out a lot of different content, a lot of different content. That's a lot that you got to market to other people. Three, four shows, you know, that's, that's a lot. You know, if you got two or three or if you're a co-host or you are someone, then that's a different thing. So quality issues, your audio, your audio, there's two ends to making your audio great. You can have the great setup, which is having your, uh, whatever microphone you choose to use, which it can be USB or, uh, or, or, uh, or XLR. Sorry about that. You can have any of this stuff. And this stuff will work on your audio. But your content. You have to prescribe your content to who you want it to be. A bad example of content creation is this. When you're out here creating content. We all do content of a personal nature sometimes. Which I do myself. Sometimes it's for self healing. But I go back and I listen to the content. Some people. Maybe let me take it back. A lot of people in the medium tier podcasting will record content and not go back and listen to it. A key portion in quality issues is not the part part of distraction editing. And I repeat that again. I'm not talking about distraction editing. I'm talking about the actual nature of editing your show, getting the pops out. Not worrying about the ums and all that other stuff because that's distraction editing. If you need to go that far with your show and do that, then that's the things you do. Or if you're a perfectionist and you need your show to be perfected, that's fine. Do that. Um, So audio quality from production to post-production. You should be running that podcast through some type of app. I don't care if you're doing it on your phone. I don't care what you're doing it on. But you shouldn't just be putting out raw audio and thinking that that's going to... Build you some money unless you're Joe Rogan or somebody else. And even those guys still bounce it off something. So there. Now, you got the audio, you got the content right. Then you have to look at your added value content. To someone that is going to sponsor your show, they don't give a crap about that added value content, but to someone that's going to invest in your show, because some people are looking for investors and are a little bit higher than just looking for um, people to just do some ads for here and there. So if you're looking for an investor, you listen to this portion very carefully, please. Added value content, you got transcripts, um, different things that you can do, with the Patreon stuff, like that's the added value content, or the, the actual raw episode, the, the one that doesn't have the edits in it, or the before and after show, that type of stuff is added stuff that you can, you can start doing for free, and build it up to make money. Your reviews of your show. You need to know across some platform about your reviews, positive or negative, because advertisers will hire people. And this is coming from someone who knows who has been checked, who has been denied, who has been granted ads and sponsors. They will check to see if you have positive reviews. They will look on different platforms and they'll look on the platforms that they think you should have reviews on nine times out of ten, it's going to be one of the big three, which are going to be Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. I'm not going to consider Google a, a heavy one because that's just that's that's out of my um, realm there. So, you that, that's the, the positive reviews are something you got to work on, then, something that you have to decipher it's like something that you truly have to understand is audio seo is a set of optimization practices that help your audio files rank higher on search engines and and podcast uh site listening platforms um with your shows that's where we tie into show notes and different things like that your show notes should be to a certain level because that helps your regular seo but your audio seo is like this the content and the quality of words that you actually use, like your vernacular. Um, it doesn't matter if your show's an urban show or if your show uses Ebonics. If you're using phrases and you make catchphrases, those catchphrases are things that catch up into search optimization. So when I say, um, I'm like Yao yeah, Ming in the paint. Or when I say you're on point like Steve Nash. Or I, I do that 2020 Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer, John Stossel take those are my catchphrases those catchphrases are part of audio seo um the quality of how you pronounce things doesn't matter not saying that not talking about that part portion but actually having a conversation that is more than your basic lingo that you have on the street or basic conversation you have with people that conversation and i'm not saying it has to be intelligent but it has to make sense and the structure of it. That's where you build inside audio SEO. If you can have a general understanding of audio SEO. Your podcast will go higher. And will rank higher than other podcasts. Translating that over into marketing. And things like that. Work just like this. You don't have to be on social media. A hundred times a day. You don't have to be on every social media platform. I will agree with the podcast gurus on that. But. If your show is targeted to anyone and we're looking at analytics, mine, you know, when you do that 27 to 33 or whatever I do, 27 to 72, all those people, I know I'm reaching those people on LinkedIn. So I make sure that the, my shows that carry a certain level of business to it, make it to LinkedIn. Twitter is a free for all for anything. I keep an engagement going on Twitch, Twitter, and Tumblr for the simple fact that those bring in SEO, SEO, Twitter and, I mean, TikTok and Twitch bring in new listeners or unique listeners. Sometimes I keep them, sometimes I don't. But those are places that I like to go engage and I have fun over on Twitch, so that's something I do. Now, when it comes to a position of marketing these things, the simple automation that I've talked about in so many different episodes, Hootsuite, Business Suite, you can eliminate Facebook and Instagram just by using... Um, Business Suite, Meta Business Suite, or whatever they call it today. I just call it Facebook because that's what it was when I started. Or using Hootsuite to go across everything, which Hootsuite you have to pay for. But uh, certain things and certain types of engagement, like popping up and uh, someone liking something of yours and leaving a comment, yeah, that's hey, but you have to keep that kind of engagement up. That's something that you can't just go without. All right, so promotion. Everyone is going to find a way to promote. But here is the simple thought on promotion. Promote where you are not. That is the most simplest marketing and and promotion scheme that you can run. I wasn't, I was heavy, I was already on LinkedIn because of the job I do in real life. So that was not an issue. I was already on Tumblr because of just different things and knowing about SEO from the get-go. I wasn't on Twitch heavy and I wasn't on TikTok because I didn't know that TikTok was going to be a platform that was going to bring my numbers up and things like that. So I don't spend every single day on these things. Twitch, maybe once a week. Twitter, whenever I drop episodes, I'll make time in my my 15-minute break or whatever. So I do those things. So switching over promotion and marketing. So pick times and pick things that are comfortable with you. Like, for instance, this is what I've gone out and I've done now. And this is how I structure my stuff. On Tuesdays, I record shows. I sh- record shows for a certain amount of weeks, and then I'm done. I don't do anything extra. I don't carry any other weight with me. So that's out the door. Promotion-wise, I look and see what happened last month. I go on to Instagram, or, I mean, Facebook Business Suite, and I look and see who engaged that stuff. So the stuff on Instagram is podcasters, fans, whatever. But I look at what's on Facebook. I look what I've done on Twitter. I look what I've done on Twitch. I look at all the business management um, platforms that you give yourself as being a creator. I look and see what's going on on TikTok. I see if the episodes are picking up people or if I have to put in other content and then it draws them in. With TikTok, it's a a toss up. With the other ones, certain content doesn't work well. For instance, I found out that inside my, my podcast, for some strange reason, I cannot successfully branch off with music shows so do I bring artists on the show I've done artists four times in the since 2018 and I've tried to work it I don't have the podcast for that so that's one thing that I will be leaving off of my my thing I I will not be bringing artists on my show because I found from my analytics and just from Actually, talking to my listeners, my listeners know that I jump around because I do a variety show, but my main Thursday show is something that deals with mental health, it's life coaches, it's something, it's serious stuff. My Tuesday and Saturday shows have been known to be fun stuff, or as I call the unsponsored stuff, the stuff that I do that I like, and people like it, and if they don't like it, I see the results, and then I don't bring back certain things, like a great example. My audience for a long time liked podcast collides. Well with some instances and some things that have happened with people that I brought on for podcast collides, my audience does not leave the podcast to go to these other podcasts very often. And I found that it was sort of a defeat to me. So what did I do? I stopped doing the podcast collide. I still have uh, one episode left that I do need to release, which it'll, which it's already released on YouTube if you get to listen to it. But I learned that me doing the podcast collide thing or me, Collaborating with podcasts has to be more than just a Q and A of what their podcast is about it, it. That's why I went back to the drawing board, brought out the unfiltered series. I did that unfiltered series does better. And as a certain way I can market it as being the, um, the, the, the more raunchier, the more, uh, foul language type shows. I mean, we use foul language so I can promote those in a certain way. Marketing now is something that we'll dive into. Marketing is the hardest thing in podcasting. It is hard because when you get all that information and everything I just said in this whole episode, and you figure out where to send information to, sometimes that information doesn't bring back the, the, the results that you're looking for. So marketing is something that you have to do trial and error. There's nobody on earth that can tell you that this is the profound way to do this. Now promotion wise I can say, hey, you can promote it through the roof doing it this way, but marketing, not a soul can tell you how to market your show. Because not everybody's gonna get in depth with your analytics and all that other stuff, except yourself. Or if you're a part of a company, a PR firm may do it. Um, which I would suggest if you're if it gets that heavy and you can't figure out your audience. Now, if you go out here and you do all these steps without actually knowing your audience, not knowing 20 or 30 people not having names, email addresses, you may succeed and you may not. I'm going to say more than likely you will not. So marketing, this is the way I market. I take my shows, I release them. I give them 7, 14, and 21 days to see how they download and see how they go. I don't look at the first day, I don't look at 24 hours, I don't look at none of that stuff. Because all that stuff is going to make it hard on me because then I'm going to have to focus on one show. sometimes I release three shows in a week, so I've got to see what I'm going to do. Now, with that being said, I I follow those shows 30, 60, 90 days. If a show does very well for me, download-wise, it becomes part of my archive. Applebee's Tuesday is a great example. Every Tuesday that show comes out, that show gets downloads every single week. Hasn't been a week since it's been out that it hasn't got downloads because once it started gaining... uh, Leverage, I learned how to market it. Hey, you can put that show over here. Hey, throw it over to Applebee's and they'll give you a blue check from them sometime seeing that they like it. I keep that momentum going with that one show because that show has proven to me that the simple marketing of, hey, just throw it out there every Tuesday. It's not crack or nothing like that. Just a simple show that I talk about uh, how I feel about Applebee's uh, with Stacey involved. And it goes out there. People catch it. They're eating at Applebee's. They listen. Or if I'm in my local city. Uh, this is another part of the marketing or if i'm in any city there's an applebee's i will use my snapchat trick to put it on a snap map inside applebee's and i'll leave it right there people click through that snap map and they find it they find it they listen they might not like it they may like it but the thing is that they still listen it gives them something to comment about and be like hey did you hear that episode on west virginia and commonplace about uh applebee's No, I didn't hear it. What's he talking about about Applebee's? He's telling the story of what these people look like inside Applebee's and how he feels about the service and blah, 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 blah. So that's a point of marketing. Finding something specific in your content that can be marketed because not everything you're going to put out there is going to be marketable um, on a level of continuously staying strong because people that cover current event stuff, your current event is as good as 14 days. After 14 days, that current event is... No longer popular thought. So, in closing, in finishing this all up, it's real simple to get caught up in these gurus and everyone saying um, not to be on social media for this and that. Yeah, I agree with one thing that they say. Do not be on social media where you don't have any traction yet. If you're starting out, wherever you get traction, build it up over there, and then spread the wealth. Don't think you got to be on 14 million platforms to get popular. But if you know your target audience and you know your target audience, they, they only look at podcasts that are pins on Pinterest. Well, I definitely would be over on Pinterest, putting those episodes up and doing as little to none on other social media that I'm not picking up on. Then once you got good enough growth, then spread yourself over to that other area to get other unique listeners. But if you have any questions, I am JR from West Virginia and Commonplace. You can always send me an email at wvuncommonplace at com. Visit the website if you need consult help or anything that we can help to get your podcast in a certain arena that you're not in. Because I'm always there for that. Stacy is too. Um, other than that, to all my fellow podcasters... Uh, it's a great few of you that I've seen that have taken that podcast, switched it around and become highly successful with it. And to, to those people, I say that's an amazing thing. To the ones that haven't, have pod faded or the ones that are just sitting back right now, relaxing. It's all right. Podcasting is what it is. It's podcasting. It will be here. It was here before us. It'll be here after us. So when you do return, definitely return on a high note. Um, and lastly, sponsors. I didn't throw this in there, but I'll throw it in now sponsors be careful how you pursue them and how you get them the same motto, like I say about this on on anything you got to have an elevator pitch you got to know what a pitch is if you don't have a pitch I wouldn't even bother with talking to any type of uh sponsor or investor in your show because you got to sell them on the amazing idea that your podcast is one of the greatest unique things in podcasting on that note Have a good day, have a good morning, have a good night. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn, hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site, join the email list from the website, and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.